Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to episode 248 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... What? <laughs> what? 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 I see what you've done there. Happy Star Wars Day. That just nearly, just nearly gave me a heart attack. <laughs> I see. I was going to use this. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Already, <laughs> this failed me for the last time. Which is probably the most appropriate one, but you know, <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Let's make no jokes here. You are the brains of the operation. Um, yes, thank you for that. That sincere vote of confidence and honesty. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm I'm good as well. I've been having quite a nice Wars day. I've spent most of it editing stuff. But apart from that, you know, it seems to be going fairly well. I will maybe try and go watch the last movie again because I've seen it once, which I know you haven't seen it at all. So. I know I still haven't seen it. And that's quite criminal. I, I want to watch it partly just because I want to form an opinion on it and join that conversation. I'm not even convinced it's going to be that good. I just would like to have an opinion and, and be part of that, that chat because at the moment I just have to run away whenever anyone mentions it because the spoilers are going to be epic yes that is true I'm amazed you've managed to avoid the spoilers this far already so yeah quarantine has its uh, uses yeah well, that's true so uh, apart from apart from running late on your uh, your Twitch streams what else have you been doing uh, I've been playing a bit of Xenocrisis I don't know if you've played that game no. it is a indie game uh, created for the Mega Drive people probably know by this point I'm a big fan of a game called Tanglewood that's created by Big Evil Corp and that is a, a modern Mega Drive game where yes. it's a little bit uh, I guess a little bit like the sort of feel and animation style of things like the Lion King games it's kind of a platform adventure type game and Xenocrisis is uh, a top-down arena shooter co-op game it's also out on Steam and on Switch and it's, it's amazing on both of those two really really good on Switch to play as a co-op game and cool. um, but it also runs on Mega Drive hardware and the creators of Xenocrisis very, very kindly sent me a copy of, of their game. And it's amazing. They've also just made a Dreamcast port of it as well. Blimey. Which is going to be coming out soon. And they said that, yeah, they'll send that my way as well. So really, really massively appreciative to them. And it, it, it's a good game. It is just good fun. It's pretty brutal on some of the difficulty bits. Um but it's just a, a brilliantly fun top-down shooter, very nostalgic, and just definitely worth a look. And you can get it on all different platforms, including Steam. So very, very accessible for those who don't want to run on original hardware. Um, and other than that, I've been playing another thing, which is a modern 
and nostalgic because of course as well as it being epicness like you know may the fourth be with you star wars day it's also it's streets of rage four week as well that just got released a few days ago yes yes i saw that it's so good (laughs) <laughs> it's so good have you played it yet did you get to try a beta when they had it at egx and stuff last year no i i didn't uh i i think i saw it running but i didn't have a chance to actually uh give it a go i have many hours of when i was a child stood playing the arcade game versions of that that was uh much much fun so yeah it's a really really good game you can see how much love the developers had for the original series when they made this so it is a true sequel Mm. rather than being just something that's a a bit of a remake or a bit of a reboot type thing it takes elements from the older ones it evolves things on they've added in a new combo system they've got these star move power-ups you can do there's some extra new characters they've generally just added a load more things to it that you feel like the people that made the original would have gone like oh if we had the space on the cartridge we would have done that (laughs) that's a lovely thing to feel is that you don't feel like these things are being added for no reason they feel like natural additions to evolve the game on yeah it doesn't yeah. doesn't feel like it's just exploiting the nostalgia which is good no and one of the other things they're doing one of the things they were criticized for originally was changing the artwork style yes so it's, it's not much smoother art. yeah yeah it's, it's not, not pixel, pixel art, art. You, there is an unlockable pixel art version for the character sprites if you do want that they've also given you the option to play original music rather than their new music as well so you right. can play it with those kind of nostalgic elements too but they have updated the artwork style so it looks like the cover art for these these kind of games so again it feels like it's a type of art that the people would have made if they had those capabilities when Mm. they made the original game so it feels very much like a spiritual successor in artwork format it's still 2d it's still got that wonderful side-scrolling beat-em-up feel but it is an it is a newer style to take advantage of the hardware they're now running on and i think it's a beautiful Mm. blend between the two and very much a love letter to the to the original trilogy of games that's good I'm I'm loving it. I, I I think it is is an absolutely great game and definitely worth playing. It's also got the advantage which they could never do in the originals. It's got four player local co-op and it's got two player online co-op as well. Nice. So nice wonderful thing. I'm gonna try and play it on stream at some point over the tinterwebs through the magic of the tinterwebs to play it co-op that way because cool. i think that's going to be absolutely great fun that's awesome yeah. i will have to check that one out yeah as well. who was your main in the original who did you play oh, as in the arcades i i'm trying to remember the character names uh i think it was it was the the bigger guy is it axel the, the... axel's a very very popular one yeah yeah yeah. I played as Blaze, which is the, the lady in the red dress who was the fastest type right. character. Yes. I always go for the speed, the agility in all the games I play. So yeah. in Street Fighter, I'm, I'm, I'm Vega or I'm Chung Lee and things like that. And I, I always tend to go for the, the, the nippy, speedy characters, but you're a little bit more, a little bit more I, tank. I, yeah, I, I always go for tanks usually. So yeah, Axel's kind of a good, a good blend, a good mix. Yeah, no, I'll have to go look that up. That that sounds like it could be really good fun. So uh, that's one to definitely go look at. Anything else? I also break danced. There's that. Oh yes, this was on your your stream with uh, the Jason Bradbury. Jason Bradbury. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Legendary, legendary TV presenter Jason Bradbury very, very kindly has invited me to 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 be on his his Twitch channel, and he challenged me to to a break dancing duel. So <laughs> there there is a video, a totally real video that I did absolutely no editing to whatsoever I'm sure yes of yes. course 
Of course. What are, what are you implying? That I can't do backflips and twists and, and things. I, I spent a whole week learning those moves. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm implying that the break in break dance is more likely to be more applicable to you. I, I did put my, book out, my back out. Yeah, I did. I'm injured. There you go. Yes, you see. I'm, I'm 38 no on way. Friday, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was I was 45 this week, so... <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> also, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And happy birthday for you, later this week <laughs> but yeah um, so there is a video of me break dancing that um i i may if people want to see it i may put it up on on twitter or on my discord or something like that and then you can uh, marvel at what a what a weeks of, of learning totally real definitely uh not done in after effects moves yes absolutely i'm sure yes what have you been up to well i mean obviously it's star wars day so i did dig out some some star wars facts if you want some star wars content for you so uh you know the name Ewok is never actually spoken in any of the films. It's never actually mentioned. It's in the end credits. They're called Ewoks, but nobody calls them Ewoks on screen. Ah, because they've got because they've got the cartoon is called called the Ewoks. And yes. then, uh, so yeah, but in, no- in the Caravan of Courage, are they called Ewoks? They they are called Ewoks, but nobody nobody calls them Ewoks actually on camera. Ah, <laughs> I did not know mentioned. that. Um, and they they're speaking a mixture of uh, Tibetan and Nepalese. Apparently, is is their language. Uh, so that was one fact uh yoda grew an extra toe between the phantom menace and empire strikes back because <laughs> in phantom menace he had three toes and in in empire he has four apparently ah well i mean he's he's very ancient and they you know maybe it's like humans with like ears and maybe, things that keep maybe. growing maybe, maybe they just grow extra toes maybe maybe i mean that, that is the thing of course nobody knows what yoda is his species has never been named in the star wars universe either so that's the other thing is nobody knows anything about where Yoda comes from. We've seen a few of his species, but nobody knows the species is one of the few that doesn't actually have a name anywhere in the Star Wars universe. Apparently, the original plan was to have Yoda played by a monkey in a mask. That would have been very different. Yes, I, I, I can't imagine that went down. That would have worked particularly well. Uh, also, he's he's officially not a Muppet because he wasn't created by Jim Henson. Although Jim Henson oversaw the creation of Yoda, he was actually built by members of Lucasfilm. So he's officially not a Muppet because he wasn't made by Jim Henson. In terms of other things, Qui-Gon Jinn's communicator, if you thought that looked familiar, it is a resin cast of a Gillette Ladies Sensor XL razor. <laughs> <laughs> That's that amazing. Fact. I knew those things were cool. Speaking of Qui-Gon, uh, Liam Neeson cost them an additional $150,000 because when they built the sets, they didn't account for how tall Liam was because he is six foot four and they had to rebuild all the door frames. That's amazing. Which is brilliant. Uh, I bet they didn't make that mistake again. Yes. Uh, they've had issues with height before because every time Carrie Fisher was on screen with Harrison Ford, most of the time she was stood on a box because they had to get the height right because Harrison is six foot one and Carrie is five foot one. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of that in films though. Yes, that's, don't, that's don't know. Cool. There is a lot of that that goes on in filmmaking. The yellow pages use it a lot. Yes, I, I like that. I know that goes on quite a bit. Um, the Hoths scene, the blizzard in the Hoths scene, was actually filmed on a glacier in Norway, and the blizzard isn't special effects. It's a genuine blizzard they shot it in. I don't know if that's more or less impressive, because I always thought that looked very good. Yes, yes. The uh, TIE 
fighters are actually elephants. Um, well, <laughs> obviously. Or rather, the, the sound for the TIE Fighter engine is actually combining an elephant bellow with a car driving on a wet pavement, apparently. That's the, the sound combination. So uh, that if you want to recreate the sound of a TIE Fighter, that's what you need. So you have to be an elephant driving in a car on a wet pavement. Yes, Definitely. Yeah. That obviously, yes. Yeah. Um, there is Star Wars currency, which is actual legal tender in one particular place on Earth. It's a South Pacific island called Nui, and it accepts limited edition Star Wars collectible coins as legal tender. Under what value? Under the value they're listed on the coins, or under the, no the eBay selling value that week? Because that would be a very variable marketplace. And there is a connection between the Empire Strikes Back and Doctor Who. The costume that Bosk, the bounty hunter, wears is from a 1966 episode of Doctor Who. That's just reuse. That's yes. good. Yeah, which is great. It, it's like the um, Serenity used a bunch of costumes, which they they reused from Starship Troopers, I think it was. They reused the costumes <laughs> from on that. You get loads of things like that. The rooftop scenes, a lot of the ones in uh, The Matrix, I believe, were the same rooftops that were built for Dark City a few months before. Yes. So it's, things like that. <laughs> it's great. Great. You need those sort of things pop up. So, yeah, uh, speaking of reusing things, one of the things that I watched this week was uh, Hollywood, which is the new ryan murphy thing on netflix uh which is is kind of about the early time in hollywood just as the sort of talking pictures had kind of come in a few years after that sort of happened one of the things that they used in that one of the ways that they used to get extras was they used to go up to the front gate of the studio and basically stand around and a woman would come out and go you 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 and you that's how they used to pick extras for the day's filming and um they depict this in, the, in that blatantly it is Paramount Studios because if you want to use a whole old Hollywood looking studio Paramount's the one you go to because it still looks like yeah. old Hollywood so they changed the signing to like A Studios which is the big studio they use in the TV show uh, the TV show is is an interesting thing because it's kind of an alt version of Hollywood and it's a sort of what if and it's sort of what if Hollywood at that time had been a bit more open to using people of female gender a bit more and being a bit more open to using them rather than just sort of, you know, the, the props in pictures and also the same with people of different races and people of different sexualities. And it's sort of a dive into that. It's quite interesting how he's put it sort of together. So it's sort of this weird alt history of early time in Hollywood and a sort of what if it had been a bit more open and a bit more free, uh, which I, I think is quite a fascinating idea. I've only watched the first episode of it so far, but it's really quite good. Uh, definitely want to go and check out. I will be going and watch the rest of that. The other thing I've watched this week is Upload, which is a new Amazon series, stars Robbie Amell. And uh, this is from one of the guys behind Parks and Rec, not the one that went on to do um, The uh, the Good Place. But it's weird they've both gone for these kind of after life things so the idea of upload is when you die you have the option just before you die if you can get to a facility you can be wheeled in facility and uploaded into this virtual afterlife and that's what happens
happens to Robbie Amell's character. He is in a, an accident and he ends up getting uploaded into this virtual afterlife. It's sort of all the stuff that continues on with him still being able to sort of being this virtual avatar in this afterlife, but still having contact with people out in the real world, but obviously only through kind of phones and, and in VR and that sort of stuff. The circumstances surrounding him, his upload are a little bit suspicious as well. And uh, they start to get a little bit more into that, but it's almost a bit like the, the idea of the wholesomeness of something like the good place mixed with like a bit of black mirror over the top. It's a really twisted environment. It's a really good show. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm three episodes in They're about half an hour long, but that's upon Amazon prime. I would urge you to go and watch that because I, I think that's been a really interesting series so far. So uh, I've been enjoying that quite a lot. The other things gaming wise, I finished XCOM Chimera Squad, which you talked about last week, and that's a really good game. Uh, there's a good 30 hours of gameplay for a game which is a basically under £20. So I would definitely recommend going that if you like those XCOM games. So I was looking for something with a bit more of that kind of turn-based strategy thing. And I went and got Phoenix Point, which is available on the Epic's Game Store, which is from the makers of XCOM or some of the team that were behind XCOM. And it's very XCOM-like, except it's much sort of broader and bigger. And rather than doing smaller missions, it's kind of, you can have different groups and it's spread over a larger planet. And you're not dealing with aliens, you're dealing with a a virus, appropriately, for the times we're in at the moment. Uh, It's a virus which has turned people into sort of alien-esque monsters rather than zombies. So those are the sort of main baddies. And then you've got different factions which have popped up and some have kind of got an ultra-religious faction and some have sort of gone down the route of turning body parts into sort of robotic body parts. And they're all kind of at war with each other. So you're dealing with that as well. Again, if you like the XCOM franchise, it's definitely an interesting kind of slightly different direction for it. But if you like those turn-based strategy games, it's definitely one looking at, I think, that. Do you play any XCOM games? I don't know whether that's your sort of thing. Weirdly, I haven't really ever spent a vast amount of time on them. Um, they're, they're, they're good, like, sci-fi-looking turn-based strategy. I have no idea why I didn't usually get into them, but they just seem to be something that passed me by. It's possible that when they came out, something else came out the same year that I threw myself into utterly, I think is the most likely right. uh, the most likely thing, and then just never really um, got onto the franchise. But yeah, it's it's got... It's got aliens or spaceships in it. It has. It has. Why am I not playing it is the question. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really played any of the original kind of retro ones, but the remake uh, of XCOM and XCOM 2 were really good. And uh, I mean, it's the same sort of principle as the original XCOM games, just with updated graphics, pretty much. Um, So I loved playing those. And then they introduced this new one called Chimera Squad, which had basically the same sort of thing, but with a few additional bits and pieces. So uh, there's that out now. And then Phoenix Point, which is this one done by the same, some of the developers from XCOM. Uh, that's up on the Epic Game Store, so you can go and get that. But you can pick up XCOM fairly cheaply, actually. So that might be one worth trying out and streaming at some point. Yeah, I'll add it to the list. In actual fact, I may have a copy of XCOM I can send you over Steam. I will have, go and have a look. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so uh, sticking with gaming news, Ubisoft have made an announcement of the latest Assassin's Creed, which is going to be called Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which, I mean, if you know anything about Valhalla, you know that means it's got Vikings in it. So uh, that's an area they've not done yet, which I think is is kind of interesting. They're saying it's offering a captivating Viking experience, brings players to a dynamic and beautiful open world set against a brutal backdrop of England's Dark Ages. So it's actually set in the in, in England with the, the Vikings invading and you play one of the Viking invaders. That seems to be the setup for it. If you played any of the Assassin's Creed games, they're a bit of a mixed bag. Some are much better than others. Yeah, I've kind of dipped in and out of them. I'm trying to think if I've actually played one the entire way through yeah, or like not. Yeah. yeah, I had I had a point as well when I lived with a friend of mine and we used to kind of play games the way I used to play them as a kid, which is when, when you die, you take turns. Right, yeah, yeah. So there are bits of games that I've dipped in and out of. So it's like I've played large chunks of things like the, the Arkham games, the Arkham Asylum, Arkham mm. City, Arkham Knight, partly because this friend would get me to do all of the Riddler puzzles, all of the stuff like that, and they <laughs> liked the, the heavy melee combat bits. Right, yeah. So I would do bits of investigating and bits of puzzle solving and they would do the other bits. And I, I've done the same with some of the Assassin's Creed games as well. So I've played chunks of them, but I've dipped in and out. The new one looks pretty cool though. Yeah, I mean, I think Vikings is a, is a solid area to go behind. I mean, the one that I enjoyed most was probably Black Flag. I thought Black Flag was really good fun. And uh, this is developed by Ubisoft Montreal who did uh, Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. So it is that team that are the people behind it, apparently. I may look at this. I like the idea of a sort of Viking thing. I think that could be uh, could be quite good. So uh, yeah, it's a natural kind of progression and area for them to explore next. Really, yes, I think it, it's a solid area for them going. There's various versions out. There's like gold edition, ultimate edition, collector's edition, all at various prices, and it's going to be on uh, Xbox Series X, PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, Stadia, uh, Windows PC, Xbox One. So it'll be on everything and uh, coming out at the end of the year. They've said for that. If you want to keep an eye out for that one, the only other little bit of news which is a little bit sad uh sam lloyd who you might probably know best as ted from scrubs passed away from a, a brain tumor earlier this week uh, he was 56 so uh, very sorry to hear that he was a, seemed like a the sweet and lovely guy and um i used to love him on scrubs scrubs was a great tv show done with yeah you. he was a great standout character his performance in that was wonderful I think that's probably the only place I really know him from and I still instantly know who he is so that's kind of proof of how much he added to that show yes so uh, Godspeed Sam Lloyd a great loss really because he seems like such a lovely guy sadly passed away this week so uh, best wishes to his family and uh, yes so uh, let's move on to some TV and film news Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Couple of renewals for you. Insecure being renewed for a fifth season, so that will be coming back. Out of nowhere, though, uh, Danish drama Borgen, I think that's how you pronounce it, that is coming back for a fourth season in 2022, apparently. That is the uh, Danish drama, I think it ran on BBC4 over here. It's Netflix have have done a deal to um, take the international rights for a fourth season. So uh, that was a Danish political drama that uh, has been revived about eight years after it finished so um yes didn't expect that one to appear but there you go if you're a fan of that show it will be back cancellations uh dare me which was a usa network show it went out on netflix internationally that has been cancelled after one season um excuse me while i get in the right frame of mind this love island has been postponed until 2021 oh no how will we cope Oh, oh no. dear. What I, I very do? much try and say any entertainment that people enjoy and I will never put people down for watching these things and I will never say you shouldn't watch things, but I equally cannot pretend I care about that news. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was I'm trying, honestly. But yes, postponed, postponed until 2021, apparently. Tragic, I'm sure. Uh, so uh, the, the other thing is we're getting into the middle of May or we will be getting into the middle of May. And anybody that listens to the show or reads the website know May traditionally is when we get all the new TV shows and all the renewals and cancellations. Obviously, this year, things are going to be a little bit different because last time we checked, there was one, possibly two pilots that have been shot. So there's not really an awful lot to announce at the moment. So a lot of the upfront presentations, which is where they present all this stuff to the uh, press and investors, are all delayed, which means the uh, television critics association summer press tour which is part of that sort of the whole thing has also been delayed as well so at the moment we don't know exactly what's going to happen uh, all we know is there's likely to be met less announcements about renewals and cancellations this may as we would traditionally get them again due to the virus we don't know what's going to happen we don't know whether we're going to get renewals later or we don't know whether they're going to get cancellations they may be that they will renew more shows that are currently on air we just don't know at the moment but we'll bring you more news of that as we get it but yes it's not going to be kind of the crazy mad rush that it usually is around the middle of may uh, but we'll, we'll see as we get a couple of weeks closer to it a few new air dates we have uh, a new air date for 911 it's finally got a uk air date that's coming on the 19th of may at 9 p.m to sky witness i did check with sky uh, 911 lone star which is the spin-off series has not yet been picked up by sky uh, we don't know whether they are going to go for it at some point but at the moment it is not on their books so uh, if you were hoping for the spin-off series that hasn't landed but uh, 911 the main show that is turning up on the 19th of May hopefully they don't come up with a crossover for that otherwise we're going to end up with another Batwoman situation and nobody wants that Snowpiercer has also got a premiere date on Netflix that's coming on the 25th of May this is the TV show based on the movie it has already been renewed for a second season as well Uh, oh is it based on the movie I assumed it was another adaptation of the French graphic novel it is a mixture of both apparently it's, based, okay. it's a mixture of I think they're taking elements from the movie and elements from the graphic novel so it is a new kind of retelling but they are aware that there's a lot of love for the film as well so it is yeah, a sort of adaptation of really really good if anyone hasn't seen the film for Snowpiercer I definitely recommend checking it out it has some 
lovely imagery and lovely acting and just the idea is just it's a very difficult idea to get across in yes. film the idea of existing on a permanently moving train in a class system in part of a an icy wasteland that is the entirety of planet earth is a yeah it's not an easy thing to get across and they did a really good job with it so i'm quite excited to see this series and even more intrigued now i know that it's actually taking elements from that film as well as from from the from the original book yes so uh, that i think is going to be a very interesting one to see 25th of may on netflix which is is a few days after it airs in the us i think is that arriving so uh, one to look out for definitely pandora which is a cw series i think it was one of the cw summer series that's been picked up by sci-fi uk that's on the 21st of may that is arriving at 9 p.m on sci-fi uk uh pandora set in the year 2199 it's a sci-fi action series that follows a resourceful young woman who has lost everything but finds a new life at Earth's space training academy where she and her friends learn to defend the galaxy from threats both alien and human when secrets about the nature of our own identity begin to surface she must uncover the truth and whether she will be humanity's saviour or the instrument of its destruction that's the uh, strap line for it it is um, produced by uh, one of the guys behind castle and the librarians so yes two very different series in quality there yes interesting uh, setup there the cast is not really any names that i particularly know somebody from home and away in there there's somebody from the librarians and neighbors in there so there's a couple of australian people so yeah i mean I mean, who knows? It's it's coming on to Sci-Fi UK on 21st of May. Could be one to watch out for. I think it's already been renewed for a second season as well. So um, that was a, a CW show and it's been picked up by Sci-Fi UK. And one of the other things which was sort of come out of the whole coronavirus stuff, BBC are remaking the Alan Bennett talking head monologues. I don't know whether you remember these. There was, there was a number of years ago when they made yeah, the original Yeah, I ones. loved them and I also studied the original written versions in school as well so yeah so what they're doing is they're remaking all the original ones and apparently alan bennett wrote two new ones as well last year so they're doing all the originals and remaking those and uh, because basically because you pretty much one person sat in front of a camera and you can pretty much do that very very easily without too much work and something that you can film social distancing which is the entire point so uh, the perfect uh, time to be doing those again absolutely and uh, like I say, you get all the originals and two new ones. The cast list, there's a whole bunch of people, but uh, Jodie Comer, Martin Freeman, Tasman Gregg, Christian Scott Thomas, Imelda Thornton, Sarah Lancashire, and a whole bunch of other people as well. So um, great cast they've got lined up for that. And uh, for the older people among you that remember the originals, I think this will be a, a really good version of it as well. And uh, it'll be good to see some new ones. They're very, very funny. And uh, they're going out in the next few months on the BBC, but they haven't given an exact date for that. You have to presume because they're not filmed yet but uh, they are coming up so uh, moving on to some bigger news Jeff John's Mad Ghost Productions which is his production company I've announced that they're joining Greg Berlanti on the live action Green Lantern series for which they're making for HBO Max or it's in production for HBO Max we don't know whether it's actually going to full series yet but they they have jumped on board Jeff John's is very very familiar with uh, Green Lantern I hadn't realised quite how pivotal he's role had been in shaping the kind of whole mythology of the Green Lantern stuff. He was the person that wrote Green Lantern Rebirth, which was the reintroduction of Hal Jordan into the Green Lantern world. Uh, He wrote on the book for nine years. He also introduced
introduced the idea of the Green Lantern Corps as being one section of a spectrum of lantern colours. So he introduced the uh, Sinstro Corps, the Blue Lantern Corps, Red Lantern Corps, the Indigo Tribe. That was all his sort of concept. Yeah, I hadn't realised quite how involved Jeff Johns had been in developing that. But I mean, it seems a no-brainer to get involved in this, given his background by the sounds of it. Yeah, and also given the history of um, adaptations of Green Lantern in the past, (laughs) um, I think it will reassure fans of the comic books that this next one will be something worth turning the TV on for as well. Well, well, yes. I mean, you you say that. He did have some involvement in that live-action movie, but uh, he co-wrote the story for the long gestating and yet-to-be-produced Green Lantern Corps movie. We don't know when or whether that is actually going to end up happening. He was creative consultant on the uh, 2011 Green Lantern film, so he didn't have direct control over it. So I think we can forgive him that, but he was kind of tangential involved in that. He's worked with Belanti on Flash, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, and he's working on the upcoming Superman and Lois TV series, and on the new Stargirl series as well. So they've got quite a close working relationship. Jeff Johns was creative chief creative officer and president or something or of, of DC for a while, but he left that quite recently and set up this new production company called Mad Ghost Productions. So he's now doing his own thing, but a lot of the things that he's involved with are still DC related so uh, yeah I am quite looking forward to, to this we don't know any casting about the TV show it is rumoured to feature two lanterns from Earth presumably one of those will be Hal Jordan because if you're going to do Green Lantern you sort of need to do Al I would say the other one possibly John Stewart although he might not be called John Stewart if they're going to attach it to the rest of the Arrowverse which is a possibility and uh, if for those of you who have seen the Crisis episodes will know what I'm referring to there because there is a possibility that there is a character from the Arrowverse that could possibly become a lantern that may be some sort of crossover it is running on hbo max not the cw so there is no out and out need for them to do that crossover but they do quite like to keep things tied together and it would be quite a nice nod if they could tie that across but we don't know at the moment i mean what what do you reckon if it's two lanterns from earth john stewart and hal jordan seem like the obvious ones i would have thought they seem like the obvious ones yeah i'm interested to see how they can make this work in a tv show format um, and how they're going to do all of the quite demanding yes. effects and things that this this has to have because it is Green Lantern is one of those things where if you don't have all of those really creative effects, I mean, it's almost like, you know, the mask type thing, the, yeah. the sort of the almost zaniness and creativityness of the way people use their lantern powers is a massive part of the appeal. And whenever there's introduced a green lantern who just uses their ring like a phaser, yeah. um, that is not anyone's favorite green lantern. Um, no. So I would love to see them do well with it. I would love to see a version of Green Lantern on the screen that I could really get behind and and become a fan of. Um, So I wish them well. I think they've got some good names and a good working relationship going there, but I won't hold my breath. No. But I I will watch it when it comes out. I suspect that's a reason, one of the reasons is budgetary, why it's on HBO Max and not on the CW. I I rather suspect because the the effects budget is like every single thing is going to be an effects shop probably. So yes. Mm. Um, 
Um, but but we'll see. It is technically in development at the moment um, and not in full-blown production, so it may not happen. We'll have to wait and see. Other TV licenses that are coming, this is the main HBO, which is uh, in development, is uh, a Hellraiser series with uh, Halloween's David Gordon Green set as the director. So uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Hellraiser franchise, focuses on a puzzle box that opens a gateway to a hell-like realm of the Cenobites, an order of formerly human monsters who harvest human souls to torture in sadistic experiments. The new version is supposed to not be a reboot. It's a continuation of the story using all the various films and previous books as a sort of history, and it will be building on that. Uh, It will feature Pinhead, who is the iconic leader of the Cenobites as the central antagonist, I think. Don't know much more about the story other than that. It's been written by um, Mark Verheiden, who has written on things like Battlestar Galactica, Daredevil and Heroes, and Michael Doherty, who's written on X-Men United, Godzilla Kingdom Monsters, Trick or Treat, with uh, David Gordon Green, who is one of the people behind the Halloween franchise, directing the pilot and a number of other episodes. Uh, Hellraiser's probably not your thing you don't really do horror do you i'm not massively into the horror genre myself but i have a lot of friends who are very much fans of this series and the lore behind it as well like people Mm. kind of think it is just like a shock horror kind of film but actually there is a a lot of lore and a lot of um interesting stuff that goes on in their world and people get very very intrigued by that and they are always wanting more material so i think there is a lot of people who would be very happy to hear there's going to be a continuation of the story rather than it being some kind of reboot it's a fascinating thing it has some really striking iconography though obviously that the primary character has pins in their head which was apparently something they were doing to mark out all of the the framework of what they were going to turn into the monster and then they looked at it and thought about the way that the the story works and actually decided to use the pins as the pins and the grid on the (laughs) face they were going to use to work out the planning as the uh, as the creature that's that's the kind of like story that went around when it came out anyway and it has such a a vast fan base of people that i think will be really really pleased to hear this yeah and and that's not the only thing as well weirdly uh spyglass who a movie production company are also developing a hellraiser movie reboot which is uh, produced by david s goya apparently that is still happening as well but that is going to be a completely separate thing and have nothing to do with the tv show Yeah, I thought that had kind of just sort of fallen by the wayside because I hadn't heard anything about the reboot in ages. So I just assumed that was one of those ideas that, um, you know, like the Akira remake in America that people just kind of went, nobody liked this idea. Let's just pretend we never said it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's still going ahead then. Apparently, yes. They're saying at the moment, as far as they're aware, that's still going ahead, but they are two completely separate entities. So um, we could be getting a movie reboot and a TV show. Uh, I rather suspect the TV show will probably be better than the movie if that is the case. But we'll have to wait and see. The TV show, again, is still only in development, so it may land on HBO, which means it would land on Sky Atlantic over here, but we'll have to wait and see. The other bit of news that we had come out this week was uh, Terry Pratchett's Nerevita, which is the production company that was set up to manage his work before he died, has struck a deal with Motive Pictures and Endeavour content to create authentic Discworld screen adaptations. There have been, obviously, 
obviously adaptations of Discworld books previously to varying degrees of success. Uh, the idea of, of this is they are trying to create things for screen which are truly, genuinely authentic versions of the books, which I think is a fabulous idea. That's what you want, really, isn't it? You don't want them messing around with it. Nerivita is the company that is set up by Terry and uh, managing director Rob Wilkins, who's been heavily involved in all that stuff, and Rihanna Pratchett, who is a great author in her own right, but Terry's daughter as well. So um, they are the people that are involved from that side. Endeavour content are the people that were behind things like Humans and Electric Dreams and Kiss Me First. Uh, they were all commissioned for Channel 4 when the, the guy that runs it previously was head of international drama at Channel 4. So um, yeah, I mean, that, that seems like a, a good combination of people I think behind it. I would love to see some genuine Discworld adaptations out there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would as well. They are so beloved to so many mm. people that it would just be lovely to see those authentic versions brought to screen and um, they just aren't things that you can really change a huge amount because mm. the fan base has just so much love for those books and I would love to see some more things made of that. Do you know if they're going to be making animated ones or live action ones or do we not know at this point in time? We don't know at the moment and we don't know whether they're film or TV. I would suspect, mm. I mean, there could be quite a lot of them could be TVs. I mean, they could go either way with those because those people have been involved in both film and TV. Yeah, because so, I think animation is the more natural fit for something that has all those beautiful, whimsical, exaggerated characters, uh, caricatures. They have just everything about the imagery to me I would love to see something animated in the same style as the book cover arts was drawn yeah yeah that I would think be that interesting. would be that would be wonderful so that's that's kind of my hope of the direction it would go in is that you'd get the most freedom and the most ability to visually express the words in those novels if they go down the animation route but I would just have to uh, wait and see I guess until more information is released yeah I mean they did good omens and they did a pretty decent job with that I would say so you know yeah uh, Good Omens had less entire flat planets with animals holding it up, swimming along the space, though. That is true, yes. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what they actually come up with. But, uh, but yeah, i very much looking forward to that. I will be interested to see some either... I quite like to see some live action stuff. But yes, I agree. They have more freedom if you do an animated version. So we'll have to wait and see what they come up with. That's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. On More 4, we have Outlander Season 4. That is uh, airing on the 7th of May at 9pm. I, I really enjoyed that series. Uh, it's also obviously going out on Amazon Prime. You can get it all up on there. But if you don't have Amazon Prime, it's coming to More 4 on the 7th of May at 9pm. You can go watch that. Brassic Season 2 comes to Sky 1 on the 7th of May at 10pm. So you can go and find that on there. Rick and Morty returns for the second half of Season 4. That's on E4 on the 7th of May at 10pm as well I'm definitely going to be watching that it's a brilliant brilliant cartoon and uh, that's going to be followed by Harlequin season 1 that's coming to E4 on the 7th of May at 10.30 seen the first episode of this it is superb um, have you seen any of this yet? I've seen quite a few episodes of this one right, okay. it's, it's good fun it is good fun series I haven't good. seen all of it yet I'm looking forward to it coming out in its entirety but it, it's it's good fun I like it 
I like the dynamic they have because I've always loved the dynamic between Ivy and Harley and they fully embrace that in this one. And Absolutely. I would say it gets better after the first episode as well. So if you like the first episode, you're definitely going to like it as it evolves on more into a, a proper story. But it has those good elements of the slapstick comedy, but also just has a little bit more heart than I sometimes see in the uh, cartoon yes. adaptations. Yes. Uh, and it's definitely not aimed at children. So <laughs> don't let no. your young kids watch it. <laughs> no, no, don't don't let the cute art style fool you in this one that people get deaded. <laughs> yes, it's, it's on at 10.30pm for a reason. Yes. Uh, so that's on the 7th of May on E4. Watch that. Um, Rig 45 is coming back for its second season. That's on Stars Play. That's a gritty, suspenseful thriller set on an oil rig in the North Sea. That's on the 7th of May. Dead to Me returns for a second season. That's on the 8th of May on Netflix. Uh, first season of that was superb. Definitely worth going to watch the second season of that. Dave, and not me, the TV show. There's now a channel <laughs> and a TV show called Dave, uh, but there is a TV show called Dave. Uh, stars rapper comedian Little Dicky as a neurotic man in his late 20s who believes he's destined to become one of the best rappers of all time. That is coming to BBC Two on the 10th of May at 10pm, so that looks like it could be quite funny. Go and watch that. The fourth and final season of Brockmire, that's on the 11th of May at 11pm, uh, so that is coming back. I know this much is true, which is the HBO miniseries coming to Sky Atlantic on the 11th of May at 2am because it is simulcasting with the US. So we're at 2am and then I think they'll be repeat at 9 or 10pm that evening. Stars Mark Ruffalo opposite Mark Ruffalo in a limited series about uh, identical twin brothers. It looks like it could be quite good. Uh, don't expect a Hulk. It's not a comedy. It is a very much a drama, but uh, simulcast with the U- US and then repeated at 9pm if you want to go and watch that. And uh, then finally, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is back for a special. This is the interactive special done in the style of the sort of Bandersnatch thing where you can choose your own adventure your way through it. Uh, That is coming to Netflix on the 12th of May. It's a one-off final outing for Kimmy Schmidt. Well, final as far as we're aware at the moment. Uh, So if you're a fan of that show, that's definitely going to be one to check out. You can uh, go and work your way through that on the 12th of May. And that is everything. Where can people find you if they want to find more about you? You can find me as Trista Bites, spelled B-Y-T-E-S, over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm also streaming pretty much every day, if not twice a day, on Twitch at the moment with Geek Nonsense Chatter. Some gameplay occasionally falling off things. And I put videos up on YouTube as well, all around the sort of geek topics, sci-fi movies, computer games, etc., etc. Yes, so uh, go and check out Bex over on Twitch.tv at Trista Bites. Definitely worth checking out. Try not to distract when she's got to be somewhere else for a stream. <laughs> I didn't make us late today. Don't know what you're talking no, about. No, not at all. So go check that out. She's up there daily. Also, go check out Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org as well. There's lots of podcasts going on over there as well. You can, of course, find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geek town uk everybody stay safe make sure you wash your hands look after each other talk to your elderly relatives make sure they're all okay and we will see you next week bye 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 here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.